Bayview Church, we are getting ready as a, as a family to do our annual Heart for the House offering. And um, for Andre and I, as a couple, this is always, I think, one of the most exciting times of the year um, because when we get to actually give and to sow into God's kingdom, we know that we really are living out our purpose and we are getting to be a part of something so much bigger than just ourselves. Um, and, you know, as Christians, we know that our ultimate purpose on earth is to make a difference. Otherwise, we would all get zapped up to heaven the minute we gave our life to Jesus. But we are left on this earth to make a difference. And this heart for the house offering um, is a really special moment where we get to make a difference. Um, Andre and I have been speaking about it. You know, often we we set out and we make goals for ourselves, and, and we can think that, you know, you're really making it in life if you're a success and that success is what we should all aim for. But God's Word teaches us that it's actually significance that we should aim for. And significance is very different to success because significance is something that will last even when you're gone. Significance is something that has an eternal value. And so really what we're aiming to do in our Heart for the House offering is build something significant that's gonna bless um, our children, our children's children, that's gonna bless our country long after we've gone to be with Jesus. And that's why it is so exciting. And we're so excited to invite you guys to come on the journey with us. So this week, Wednesday, we're gonna invite you to pray and fast with us. Of course, you might wanna do a Daniel fast or just get off your device, uh, but we only encourage you to put some time aside to not only pray for yourself, but to pray for our church family as we trust God to speak to us about the steps He wants us to take. Uh, we're gonna be doing a prayer meeting at 6.30 p.m. at every location. It's just from 6.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. And so you can join us in the building at the location you attend or you can jump onto a Zoom with us. But we want you to make the most of this time because we want uh, to encourage you that Heart for the House um, comes from uh, the grace of God. It should never just be the law. It should never be external obligation. It should be internal motivation uh, that you and I get to build God's kingdom. It's not that we've got to build it. And uh, when you spend some time with God praying, I believe God's gonna speak to you and, and you um, in a place of obedience can have a great joy. And, and Scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. And that's really the standard we should, uh, should keep to as we bring our gifts to God. And of course, Heart for the House is an overflow. Above our tithes and offerings, we overflow into the work of God. We increase the speed at which the gospel moves that. I love what 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1 says about um, the Macedonian church. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and the extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first um, to the Lord and then by the will of God, 
also to us. And that's really what we encourage you to do first, is to first give yourself to God. Spend some time with God. Ask God, what do you want me to do at the Tableview, Malkbos or Camps Bay location to increase the speed at which the Gospel moves at? We've mentioned to you guys some areas where we believe we can lift the lid and, and at each location and, and we can see more people reached, um, more people come into a healthy relationship with God and get into healthy relationships with other people. And so we want to encourage you to pray and really experience the grace um, of giving because it comes out of, uh, it's from the grace of God that we get to do this. And it says we love God and love people. We end up overflowing and we live a life that makes a difference. Good evening, everyone. Trust that you are well. To our first time guests, welcome. My name's Andre. We're so glad you could be with us. And of course, encourage you, if you want to find out more, join us on Tuesday night. I'd love to meet you on Tuesday night. Um, we know that the information is going to help you, but we know that the connection, um, the one-on-one connection, us getting to know you is going to go so much further. So growth track at 6.30 this Tuesday, the front door to the church. Um, yeah, we, we really are trusting for an amazing heart for the house season. And we do this six weeks out. And the main reason is that you can go on a journey that it's actually your response to what God says to you and that you actually have an opportunity to lift up your eyes and see that God's got a plan for you and God's called you to build His kingdom and and you can um, fast track His kingdom. And so, you know, sometimes we can fall asleep. You know, we go, I'm just going to get by. I'm going to look at my life. But, but God's actually got a plan uh, for you and He's got a part that He wants you to play and He also wants you to believe um, that your life can can build His kingdom, and so so it just gets you to actually wake up a bit and go, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to I'm going to ask God what He wants me to do about this. And um, yeah, I believe even as you ask God, um, it says if we, we don't have because we don't ask. So so we when we ask God, we ask with the right motive, and our right motive should be God. I know you want to build your kingdom. What part do you want me to play? And that kind of heart. God will speak to you. And that's all we ask you to do is to come with that motive. Not God, what can I get out of this? No, God, I know you've made me on purpose. I know you made me in my mother's womb. You didn't make a mistake with me. What part do you want me to play in building your kingdom, especially in this heart for the house season? And then you let God speak to you. But yeah, before we go into the message, I'm gonna pray. Let's ask God to prepare our hearts. God, I thank you that you can plant your word into our hearts, God. And that, that you can also soften our hearts before you do that. So will you soften our hearts, God, wherever it's hard. We pray that your word would go deep down in our hearts um, and that we'd be doers of your word. God, we submit to you now. We want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection around us and our children. In this hedge of protection, will you minister to us, bring freedom and healing and direction into our life. If anyone is without hope, Will you draw them unto yourself now? Will you knock on the door of their heart so they can receive you as their Savior? In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone believe it said? Amen. Awesome. So um, today I'm going to speak about the, the, the truth that God can build His church. We're in our God Can series and we looked at how God can save your friends. God can save your family. So, so we can um, know that God's placed us on purpose. The street we live in, we're the missionary to that street. The place we work at, God's placed us um, in, a, in a workplace where their colleagues He wants to reach. And we can pray for them. 
we can actually open up our eyes and, and start to declare that God can save them. So I can invite them to church. I can pray for them. And, and yeah, we wanted you to lift your eyes. Today, I want you to see that God can build His church and that God will build His church. Matthew 16 verse 18 says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus says this to Peter on the back end of Peter actually saying who he is. Jesus says, who do, the, who do they say I am? And, 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 and these, the disciples said, they say you, this person, you say you're a prophet. He says, no, no, well, who do you say I am? Who do you say? And then Peter says, you're Christ. You're the son of God. And then Jesus says to him, upon this rock, I will build my church. And in the Greek, Peter's name um, is Petros, which means stone. But what Jesus said in the original Greek, he used the word Petra there, which means a collection of rocks knitted together. Of course, we, see, we know that Jesus is the cornerstone. Uh, but, but we also understand as you study Scripture that, that our part is we are the living stones, that we actually come together to build the church. And that, yes, Jesus is the foundation. He's the rock of ages. And we come together as living stones. And in our unity and in our coming together, God builds His church. Um, of course, um, maybe you've never realized, but you are part of the body of Christ once you get saved. And you are a specific part of the body and every part of the body has an important role. And, and once you come together, God's body starts to move in the community. And as a church, we know when you aren't playing a part, we're actually missing a part of the body. We, as a church, we, we're not functioning as a whole body. But once you start to play a part, we actually get healthier and healthier and we end up building God's church. So God will build His church. And as we come together, this is actually His strategy against hell's agenda. Hell's got an agenda. Satan's got an agenda that people spend eternity away from God. And God says, upon this rock, upon these living stones, upon the unity of the church, the gates of hell will not stand. And, and so as we are unified, as we build God's church, the gates of hell can't stand um, against God's agenda. And, and, and hell's agenda has to take a back step. And we see that God can actually fill heaven and empty out hell. And people that Satan would love to be destined for eternity away from God can have eternity with God. And God will win. So God grows His church. I'm going to give you four areas that God grows his, how God grows His church. Number one, through His presence. Of course, even as we are living stones, even as we are at church tonight, um, we come into God's presence with praise and worship. Of course, it says in Scripture that uh, we enter with thanks and praise. It's like the, the gate opens with thanks. As we praise God, we come into His courtroom. We come into His throne room. And then worship is this leaning forward. The word is proskinia worship. And it's actually coming close to Jesus. It's the closest we come to Jesus. And of course, even as we draw close to Jesus, He draws close to us. And, and, and so we come close to Him. He can touch our life. And whatever God can touch, He can transform. In a place of worship, we actually become more like Jesus. We, we, it's the most transformational place we can be at. And that's why it's so important to have personal times of worship. It's so important to let what happens on Sunday overflow. 
use your iTunes or your Spotify to put a, a worship playlist together. Uh, normally, Martine will put a playlist together and she puts it on, uh, she's put it on our uh, social media pages. Go and look, download those, those um, worship lists and, and let that be a time where you let God transform you because you might even say, you know, I, I struggle with this, so I'm, I'm in this place, but, but you can let God transform you. You can come into His presence and, and He can actually make you brand new. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you think about this, if anyone is in Christ's presence, the new, uh, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And, and once we get into Christ's presence, He can do that new work in you. So it's so important to actually get into God's presence. He's going to change you and transform you. And of course, you are the church. You're a living stone. The church is made up of people. And once you get transformed, the church carries more transformational power with them. We start to be transformed. The church, as you get healthier, the church gets healthier. As you grow, the church grows. You're the church. So if you want to see the church grow, you have to say, well, I'm going to grow. Because <laughs> if you grow, the church is growing. The health, and that's how God grows His church. In His presence, we come into His presence and we get to know Him. Paul even prays in Ephesians 1 verse 17. He says, I pray that you may know Him better. That is a personal relationship. It's not a second-hand relationship. You're not here just because your parents come here. And it might start like that. You're not here because your friends come here. And that might be the start, but it needs to get to a place where it's a personal relationship that you have with Jesus. And, and, and that's one of the best things that can happen to you because God will change you. 1 Timothy 6 verse 21 says, some of these people have missed the, um, the most important thing in life. Of course, okay, what's the most important thing in life? There you see it. They don't know God. To know God would be the most important thing you'll ever do in your life because He made you. He made you in your mother's womb. So to get to know Him is to really live and to live out your destiny. You come close to Him and He, he affirms and confirms things about you that He knew you were made for when He made you. And so it's so important to know God and God builds His church as you, you get to know Him because you are transformed. And the key reason we, we need to know God and get into His presence is because He saves us. Um, as we're in His presence, um, Scripture says He draws us to salvation. And, and so even our salvation is because of Him. And, and it's not that you find God, it's that God draws you. And then you're the, you actually see God for who He is. The scales fall off your eyes. You're drawn to salvation. Acts 4 verse 12 says, Salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved. Only this one. So it's only through Jesus. So, so He grows His church in His presence. And, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so our friends come with us to church and they get into a, His presence in worship and they, they actually can be drawn to salvation. God will build His church. Um, the other way God builds His church is in circles. We always say this, you learn in rows, but you grow in circles. You're going to learn tonight, but it's when you discuss Scripture that you really, that's the best way to learn. And that's what circles give you. You, you discuss Scripture. You get to know people. Of course, we have circles in view groups, um, in homes. You're seen even online. And we also have Dream Team. Um, Dream Team is an awesome place to grow because you become like the people you spend time with. So once you start serving with other people who want to also serve God, you end up growing your passion. And, and it's, a, it's actually the best circle, I think, because I, I was in view groups and I loved it. But 
my, the best thing about my view group was my leaders called me to step out and serve. And once I started serving, I felt like that's when my breakthrough happened. And you know I mean? Like the real breakthrough for all of us is, you know, if you need ministry, the best way to get breakthrough, if you need ministry, is to be part of ministry. I found that the biggest healing takes place as you bring healing to other people. And, and God starts to do the miracle in your life. So circles are important. James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that they may be healed. We see that you have to find a safe place, uh, people you trust, where you can actually be open with them. Um, not just anyone blurting it out, but somebody goes, hey, I can actually trust this person. You might be struggling with something. You tell them about it and they can actually stand with you. You'll find friends who actually phone you the next day. How are you going? Yeah, today I'm great. I'm praying for you. Um, or you're about to uh, fall or get caught up in the wrong thing and you message a friend, hey, I feel like I'm struggling. Hey, I'm praying for you. There's accountability. And, and so God saves you and then He brings people into your life to bring healing into your life. And that's the thing. God's never going to bypass people in your healing process. And no man, no woman's an island. No one's supposed to do life alone. And so, so God brings people into your life. And, and so that's why it's so important to to go public with your faith, to tell somebody, I've just received Jesus. Don't just let it be your secret. Let it be what builds community because, because you can meet other people. They say, me too. And you can go on a journey together. So God uses circles to grow His church, relationships. God builds His kingdom relationally. You must remember, relationship with Him and relationship with people. The other way, God builds His church is along the river. And Jeremiah 17 verse 7, you go, that sounds weird. Well, have a listen. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their, their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I love that. People who trust God. Um, you know, in, um, in the video, I spoke about the Macedonian church. They actually were generous and they were actually going through a famine, like a, like a season of lack, like a drought almost. And they still overflowed. Why? And they were still producing fruit and they were still building the kingdom because they were planted. They were people who were in the church, in love with God, loving people. And, and, and once you are planted, your life becomes unstoppable. I've seen it in the church. People are planted in the river, planted in the church. It says those who are planted, they flourish. And I've seen it. People go through so much and the, the people who are planted, they just keep growing bit by bit, Bit by bit, they just keep getting stronger. The tree keeps growing. What was a small seed becomes the biggest tree in the garden. And they end up making the biggest difference. I see it in their marriage, in their children. And, and for us, um, we have God's Spirit moving. And what, what I believe God wants us to do and what we've been taught is you create riverbanks. So we saw in September the, the, the floods and the rain. And even when we went to camp, we couldn't drive to Rice Camp a certain way because of the flood. Some roads had been destroyed. And, and when you have water hitting a town, it can destroy that town. But if you have water that goes into riverbanks and goes into catchment areas, it blesses the town. Our city has been blessed by the rain that we've caught, but it's been hurt by rain that's just come and, and, and sort of run through towns. And for us, when God's Spirit moves, we want it to be a blessing. And the way it's ble a blessing to our community is we create riverbanks. And we say, God, how do you want us to create riverbanks that people can be planted in? Well, well we do church on Sunday. 
we, we have intercessory prayer in the week. We pray for the services. We, we pray that people could come into the church. We're, we're trying to remove obstacles, distractions, so people can come into worship. They can receive the Word. And, and that's a riverbank. And you can get planted in that river by that riverbank every Sunday. You go, that's a riverbank. I'm going to get planted in it because God's, God's Spirit flows through that riverbank on Sundays. Um, the other way is view groups. View groups is a riverbank. We pray over our view groups. We, we're consistently growing. We've got staff that are focused on it. And we trust that God's Spirit will flow through our view groups. So even as you plant yourself in a view group, you're planting yourself next to that riverbank. The other way is dream team. You know, dream team is, I believe, there's always a river. Because Scripture says those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. There's a refreshing that goes through dream teamers and that, that, that riverbank. And so people are planted in dream team. They plant in a riverbank. Our prayer and fasting, if you've ever done it with us and we do our five nights of worship, that is a riverbank of note. And people plant themselves, in, even in the practice of, of prayer and fasting, they are planting themselves by the ultimate source that is God. That's why we even do heart for the house. Because a lot of times you're just going through the humdrum and you're serving God, but you, you forget that God is, wants you to set aside time and to set aside resources to increase the speed of His kingdom. And even as you do that, you unlock um, the windows of heaven. God, when God sees you, put Him first. I promise you, He, will, he takes notice. And I've seen it in my life for years now. Um, Leanne and I, and even before that, we've always set aside time. We, we prayed and, 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 and I've just seen God do the miraculous um, in, in many seasons. From when I was 22, where I started to pray, God, um, I, I would have, like I, was, I gave a year to the church and um, people actually blessed me with finance. And as soon as it came in, all I did was I prayed. I said, God, what's this money for? And I felt God say, this is actually for you to, to pass on. This is actually supposed to flow through you. And, and then I just did it like that. And God did the most miraculous things in my life that year. It was the best year I ever lived. Where I actually started to see that, that God actually needs people who are available to Him, who actually pray, God, you've given me this money, what for? <laughs> and Because a lot of us can be scared of that. But, but you know what? I think you miss out on living when you're not willing to actually get on your knees and say, God, what do you want me to do? And Leanne and I have seen the miraculous. Once we needed a miracle in the church and we looked around and, and we, they, we, needed, we needed finance. And I was just looking, I was praying, God, I know we need finance. I know we, if we do this, we can break through. We, people can be saved. And, and I remember Leanne came and said, oh, look, the car's paid off. And I was like, there it is. There's the money. It's in that car. <laughs> and so, so immediately I said, I think that's the answer. That's actually the breakthrough that we need for the church. And, and we, we happily did it. But and I'm, I know I'm trying to stir you up. I'm trying to stir you up for more because cause, cause if you think small, if, you don't, if you're not looking for breakthrough, you won't see what you've got in the right way. You know what I mean, if you're not looking for it, if you're not looking to see people's life change, if you're not looking to build God's kingdom, you're not gonna look at your, your time, your talent and your treasure you won't look at it ever as a resource to build God's kingdom. And so the crazy thing is we did it and, and it's happened over and over. We do it and months later, I, I wouldn't be thinking about it. All of a sudden something miraculous happens to us. Supernatural provision, breakthrough, and it's happened over and over. And I don't give for those things, but I've never seen God overlook um, when I've actually put Him first, when I've actually honoured Him or been available um, to even help people. Um, but, 
but God's gonna invite you on this awesome journey. And, but you need to set time aside and pray. So, so you need to plant yourself in these moments and in these riverbanks and let God um, grow His kingdom and grow His church through you. And the other way God grows His church is in a kingdom culture. We have got the culture of the King. Come on, how beautiful South Africa. We have got many cultures. How amazing has this last week been seeing um, the Springbok tour and all the cultures come together? Hey, anyone there enjoy it? And I've loved it. And of course, I pray, even as I said, I say, God, let that overflow into our nation. Let people start to do business, start to do work, start to do politics in a new way and, and not do it based on their past, but do it in our fu- based on our future, that we can do it. We bear it together. And I, I pray that it overflows because some people go, oh, it's awesome what rugby. No, no. Now, anything I get, I'll take and I'll pray with. You know what I mean? God, will you use that in Jesus' name? Will you? No, no. You know, we, we believe God just needs a, He just needs a mustard seed. You know what I mean? He just needs a little bit of breakthrough and He does the miraculous. Uh, but we got awesome cultures. Uh, but we're living in a world that also maybe wants you to protect your culture. Well, I, I grew up like this in my family. Um, um, you know what I mean? I still want to honour my parents and they have ancestral worship and I still want to protect my culture. <laughs> you know, you got a kingdom culture. Uh, you know, I, my name's Andre Griev. You know, they phone me all the time to protect the Afrikaans language. And, and of course, I've got Afrikaans family and I've got English family. And the funniest thing is when they phone me, then they realise I'm actually English, mother tongue, mama. And then, then they go, Listen, English is also cool. You know what I mean? Like, but, um, but I'm like, I'm not saying anyone's bad or good or Kosa or Zulu or English Afrikaans. Yes, it's great. Bring the best of your culture. But we are living for a kingdom culture. If you are protecting your culture, you probably isolate another culture. But if you're living for a kingdom culture, everyone's included. Because as you lift Jesus up, all men are drawn to Him. And you and I are now living for a kingdom culture. And God builds His church as we build a kingdom culture. At work, do you bring a kingdom culture or, or, or do you just stay with your culture? <laughs> Are you somebody who, who lights up the room, who, who actually brings people together? Or do you just go, oh, you like me, let's talk. You know what I mean? Or you bring a kingdom culture. Because a kingdom culture breaks down walls, it breaks down divides, it lifts Jesus up and it makes everyone feel like they can be part of it. And that's what the church does. Because in heaven, every tribe and tongue is gonna worship God and we carry that culture. The church, let's say it was an embassy. It represented a country. And we, um, let's say our, the embassy represented South Africa all around the world. The people working at that embassy would live out the values and the laws of that country. They would represent their homeland in a foreign country. Um, each embassy would be a little bit of their country a long way from home. Well, the church adopts the agenda of heaven. Uh, it adopts the, the culture of the King and it enacts it on earth. Um, Christ church, us, we're a little bit of heaven a long way from home. We designed to withstand the authority of hell. As we build a culture, the gates of hell cannot prevail and we lift up Jesus, we break the vites and we see everyone come to Christ. Uh, hell's attempt to stop the church's progress is stopped in its tracks as we build a kingdom culture, as we build a heaven's culture. And that's how God builds His church. So He builds it in His presence. He builds it as we get into healthy relationships. He builds it as we get planted along riverbanks. And He builds it as we build Jesus, uh, the King's culture. And so we've got so much to be thankful for. 
because God is building His church. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and, and 2 Corinthians speaks about, uh, for the Lord is Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed, so we've had Jesus come to life. There's, there's nothing between us. We see See, we, we're coming close to Jesus now and He's changing us. We're reflecting Him. We're carrying a kingdom culture. And the Lord who is spirit, so wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's this freedom and He makes us more and more like Him. And we're changed into His glorious image. So, so we become image bearers of Christ and we carry a kingdom culture. He transforms us and we reflect His culture into our world. So we've got so much to be thankful for. And I encourage you, even in the hardest season, stay thankful. God is building His church no matter what. He's going to build His church and we've got so much to live for. I want to encourage you to let your faith rise, to see that God's called you to build His church. And you're building something that's eternal. You're not building something that's temporary. You can be fixated on the temporary, but if you are fixated, you will build things that will blow away. One day it will be no more. But if you would build the kingdom, you'll enjoy forever in heaven what you do for God here on earth. You've got an opportunity to do something that will um, echo in eternity. If you look at eternity on a line uh, um, and it was it represents eternity, eternity, that line would go on forever. And your time on earth would not even be a speck of dust on that line. And, and we can be so fixated on the temporary, we can fall asleep on the eternal opportunity we have. So, so I encourage you to let your faith rise, to lift your eyes. If you let your faith rise and you lift your eyes, you will see what Scripture says, that the harvest is plentiful. Luke 10 verse 2 says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So let's wake the workers up. Let's wake them up. How? Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. We need to see it differently. Because um, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish. Uh, NIV says like this, where there's no revelation, of course, same, no vision, people cast off restraint. And maybe you used to have restraint. You used to direct your life with your time, your talent and your treasure. You used to maybe even save up to increase the speed of the gospel. But now because you've lost vision, you have no more restraint. You do not keep anything for God anymore. You do not keep anything for eternal purpose. You let everything flow into the temporary and you build nothing into eternity. And this is time to get a vision again and to have some restraint. So you actually to have a strong yes to God, you have to have a strong no to some other things, some temporary things. And you need to decide what will you build? You know, I've always, listen, even when I was a youth pastor for, for 10 years and I sowed, I, I, I knew that I, there was a principle of sowing and reaping. And I said, God, even as I, and this would only be like six years into being a youth pastor. I said, God, one day I'll, I want to reap youth pastors who will minister to my children. Because I didn't know who my children would be then. But I said, I'm not, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to do this in faith. I'm going to take care of other people's children. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to raise up leaders. And I'm asking you that one day I would reap great leaders who will sow into my children. And, and what are you sowing into? How, how are you doing God's work? Are you, are you seeing the opportunity to build into your future? Are you seeing the opportunity to live for eternity? Are you seeing the opportunity to sow into things now and trusting to reap later, even into your children's lives, into your family's lives? Are you seeing that you can live for more than just yourself. See, if we don't see it, fear grips us. We're caught up in the moment. And, and if fear's your focus, 
Fear gets you living the just-in-case life. You just say, well, well, what if this happens, Andre? And what if war breaks out? And what if the economy does this? So just in case, I'm, I'm not going to be available for God. The just-in-case life is a life most people live, but they miss out on the faith life. They miss out where God speaks to them. Because that's what, it's not about just sort of doing it. No, no, it's out of obedience. The faith life is an obedient life. It's hearing God speak and going, okay, I'm going to make myself available. I'm going to step out because faith pleases God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come, um, any, anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists. They rewards those who sincerely seek Him. And God will reward you as you seek Him this week. Say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Of course, as we let our faith rise, we're going to follow the, the word, uh, Christ's example. As we let our faith rise, we're going to run the race He's called us to run. Acts 20 verse 24, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Have you fallen asleep? Have you let your faith, have you dropped your head? Or have you seen that God's got a race just for you? He knew exactly where you'd live. He knew exactly where you'd work. He knew where the church you'd be in. Are you waking up that He's got a part for you to play? You're not a spectator. You're not here watching a sports game. Of course, the whole thing of watching 30 men, let's say the rugby, in desperate need of rest, while there's 80,000 people in desperate need of exercise shouting at them to run some more. We can't be that church. It can't be shouting, you need to do more. No, no, we're going to get up and say, I can also do something. God's got a part for me to play. Of course, in faith, we honour God in all seasons. How? We focus on the eternity. How do you honour God in all the temporary seasons? You focus on the eternal time you're going to spend in heaven. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 says, We do not lose heart, that outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and uh, momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what's seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen, seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. The ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference, an eternal difference. And God will bless you as you do it. He'll sustain you. Proverbs 11 verse 25 says, The generous um, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. We don't just need something to live on. We need something to live for. We need to be living for the glory of God. We were designed for it. My wife would ask you, she said this before, you might remember, but what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? What on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? I love what King Solomon said about his father, David. 1 Kings 8 to 17, then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honour the name of the Lord. He wanted to. 
was His desire. And I also want to always have that heart that I want to build God's church. I want to give you glory. I want to build a house where people get saved. I want to build a house where all generations can serve you. I want to build a house that has got a kingdom culture that every tribe and tongue can worship at. I want to build a house that builds a nation. I want to God. We should all have that desire to have the same heart that David had, to want to build God's kingdom. And even as we have this desire, God will supply for you. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, Now He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I remember over 10 years ago, sorry, about 12 years ago, this guy phoned me and said, I felt God say I must give a 120,000 rand to the church. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> he says, yeah, I know God said it to me. I said, okay, you can put in the church account and reference this. I said, is there anything else you sent? He says, I, I want you to think about how you can use it with next gen. I said, okay. So I walked around the kids' church halls and then I was looking and I was thinking and I was thinking and I looked on the floor and I knew we needed to replace the flooring. I got a quote and it was pretty much that amount. And I thought, hundreds of children are going to worship on these floors. I'm going to do something that God will look at this man and go, and, and for 12 years now, hundreds and hundreds, thousands and thousands of children have worshipped, met God, built relationships on those floors. And I believe one day he's going to go to heaven and he would see a massive harvest even as he sowed in obedience. The crazy thing is, I always think if, if you can get to that place where we can be obedient like that, that's when we really start to live, hey? Because imagine being in that place where you honour God like that. Well, how's God going to respond? I believe miraculously. Maybe it's a blessing over his whole family, their salvation in his home. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's restoration. Yes, maybe it's more provision. And God can do it miraculously. But God will never overlook obedience and generosity like that. I've seen it over and over. But the best thing that would have happened to that guy would be what this Scripture says, Matthew 6 verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he connected his heart to the house of God like never before. What's your heart connected to? Where do you spend all your treasure? Is God's house ever a priority? So yeah, I want to encourage you. God's building His church. You are His church. God wants to use your life. He wants to speak to you. you know, even in COVID, Leanne and I have always had a dream to start a business. He said, let's start a business now. This is the time. Let's step out. Let's start a business to fund more kingdom stuff. Maybe God wants to speak to you about stepping out. Change the way you live. Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it? to build His kingdom. 
the cool thing is, God's not going to ask you to do what somebody else can do. He's only going to ask you to do what you can do. He's never going to make you feel guilty. And we even see even the widow, how God honoured her that she was so generous to God. The widow's might. Everyone's got a part to play. So I want to encourage you, this is a moment where you lift up your eyes again. You let faith rise. You see the harvest is plentiful. You see that you can be part of increasing the speed at which the gospel moves out from this place. You see that you can play a part. You can link hands. As you link hands, your, your reach will go further than you could ever hope, dream or imagine. Even as you sow, God will use it for His glory. He'll use it to spread His gospel. Don't overlook the opportunity. And I encourage you yearly to wake up to the opportunity to build His kingdom, to overflow. God's got more for you. He's inviting you on an incredible journey. Let's quickly pray. God, I pray that You'd speak to us this week. I pray that You would soften our hearts. If we have let our heads drop, lift up our eyes and let our faith rise and help us to see that the harvest is plentiful. In Jesus' name, Amen.